All right, welcome back, guys, to the Genesis Block podcast. Today we are performing a protocol analysis. Um, so we have Siddharth and Yash here with us uh, today. Uh, the, uh, the protocol in question is Tokimap, and Siddharth is gonna, you know, he he, uh, um, you know, uh, present to us his um, uh, investment analysis, essentially of the protocol. And then, um, and then, yeah, then Yash and I are gonna, you know, um, uh, question, um, you know, uh, um, scrutinize, uh, really stress test his thesis. So with that, uh, Siddharth, over, over to you. Perfect. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Ed. So um, before I dive into um, exactly what Tokimak is about, um, I think that the way that that um, I'm gonna go about this is I try to structure the way uh, my my analysis essentially. Um, the first thing that we go through is the is the overall trend of the DeFi space, which is um, you know where Tokimak sits within, and um, you know what the trends are, uh, why it's important for a protocol like Tokimak to come about, and uh, you know what exactly it does, and what the um, so, you know some. St- statistics around it is essentially aligning with the investment template that we discussed uh, in in the prior video, right? Um, so uh, let's just, let's dive in, right? So Tokimak is a uh, DeFi protocol that can be described as a uh, decentralized market maker at a very high level. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's aiming to create a liquidity infrastructure layer um, that's, you know, uh, th- that can be utilized by DAOs, by new DeFi projects, um, market makers, exchanges, etc. Um, and uh, so the way that I would describe it is that it's essentially a DeFi meta governance uh, protocol uh, that allows for liquidity to be apportioned um, to a variety of different exchanges by holders of the Toki uh, or Tok token. Um, so, uh, what, so you know, before we go into exactly how Tokimak works, um, we'll just you know uh, rattle off some of the important stuff around uh, around around Tokimak. You know, so firstly, it's um, it's built on Ethereum, but it's planning to be a multi-chain uh, multi-chain protocol, which is uh, encouraging because if you believe in a multi-chain future. Um, a, a, a protocol or an application that's built across um, blockchains and provides liquidity across blockchains um, and exchanges and, and, and you know, DEXs across blockchains is uh, a beneficial place to be in. Um, currently, they've raised around $4 million um, with their investors, uh, including the likes of Framework Ventures, Electric Capital, Coinbase Ventures, uh, Delphi Ventures, Consensus, and North Island Ventures. So you know that's a that's a pretty hefty stack of uh, of VC backing. Um, Four million dollars is a um, small amount of f- seed funding raised, uh, but you know as we go through later, uh, the team have managed to do quite a lot with that four million already as well. Um, so let's let's just speak uh, at a, at a very high level about uh, some of the trends that, uh, that that we need to understand in order to contextualize Tokimak and uh, the place that it will uh, occupy in the uh, wider DeFi and uh, Web three ecosystem, right? Um, so firstly, uh, let's talk about DeFi one point oh, um, the way the, and and DeFi summer and all the things that it brought out, right? So the way DeFi one point oh worked was through liquidity mining. Um, which was, uh, you know, providing incentives to the 
uh, through the through means of extremely high APRs um, and APYs to uh, liquidity providers um, uh, and uh, you know distributing a ton of the uh, native token to um, to liquidity providers, right? But as we've realized over the last uh, you know year or so, uh, DeFi 1.0 and liquidity mining came um, at a really high cost of protocols. So um, firstly, you know, capital is liquidity is mercenary. Capital is al always in search for the highest yield. So when the incentives provided by protocols to uh, liquidity providers uh, dry up, uh, then liquidity the liquidity providers just dish that protocol. Um, so and, and move to another one which is high offering higher APRs. Um, so what that means is that uh, the liquidity that a protocol has is rented um, for a short amount of time at extremely high costs, uh, which doesn't uh, which doesn't allow it to be sustainable in the longer term. Um, and uh, and you know, so for as as an example, um, Compound uh, has distributed more than two hundred and seventy one million dollars of Comp tokens um, in order to attract liquidity, right? But it's earned $29.1 million in protocol revenue over this entire period. Um, and all of it is currently allocated reserves. So that means that you can argue that um, Compound's been uh, operating at a loss over this period, right? So, and, and because you're uh, increasing supply so much, uh, you can also say that this uh, liquidity mining has caused a lot of downward pressure um, to be uh, to be put in the comp price um, because the rewards that come into the market are sold by yield farmers. So uh, liquidity mining, while it was a a very you know headline grabbing um, way of attracting liquidity, it's not very sustainable in the long term. Um, and uh, uh, another one is that you know uh, as so exactly so as um, the uh, as as rewards uh, dry up. Right, um, the high cost, high risk model of liquidity mining it it doesn't allow the digital asset ecosystem to scale effectively. Um, so what? Uh, so so Tokimac operates in a very important space um, in this within this trend. Right, um, another trend, uh, another couple of trends to keep in mind um, are uh, you know the our meta governance. So what is meta governance? Well, meta governance can be defined as holding um, one protocol's tokens um, or another protocol's tokens in order to um, essentially influence its direction, right? Um, and meta governance can be seen uh, most effectively in the curve wars. Um, so not going to go too deeply into what the curve was about. If you if you you know want to have a have an understanding of that, um, read up uh, a couple, the, the the two articles uh, published by the Noah Substack. They're very good in explaining what that is. Um, but essentially, um, Tokimak can uh, potentially play a very important part in uh, meta governance, and uh, we'll go through why in a in a little bit after we explain exactly how Tokimak works. It works. It should become um, pretty apparent, right? Um, and um, another one is uh, obviously the growth of DAOs over the last uh, few months, and you know um, that that have uh, come back roaring into prominence after you know um, a few years of uh, lying in stagnation. Um, so the growth of DAOs is very important, and um, as Tokimak, it, one of its uh, primary use cases is for DAOs. Um, it it took the the growth of the DAO ecosystem um, and the explosion of the number of DAOs. Uh, globally um see it's a it's an important uh, factor for tokenax success um going forward
right? Um, so, uh, and another one um, and another trend uh, that you can kind of uh, subscribe to is kind of aggregation theory, which is um, network effects, right? So um, as, a, and I think we can go into this later on as well, but as the use of tokamak increases, um, its power increases. So, and and this is uh, similar to, um, to, to what, you know, the web, 2.0 giants, uh, the tech giants have done over the last decade and a half, including Facebook, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. Network effects, economies of scale, all those kinds of things have propelled them to, you know, the highest of highs. And um, Tokimak will also uh, play an important role. Uh, aggregation theory plays an important role in the uh, in, in the future of Tokimak. But, um, you know, uh, so just just important to keep those those trends in mind when, when assessing Tokimak, right? Um, but now let's dive down into how Tokimak actually works. Um, so the, um, the the traditional way of providing um, liquidity is uh, is by adding liquidity to a pool in a you know um, and, and you and that pool consists of two assets, um, each of which are equally balanced, right? Um, but as we've discussed, liquidity mining has quite a lot of problems. Um, so what Tokimak does is that. Uh, um, it it has asset uh, or it has token reactors for each of the assets um, that it supports. Um, so, for example, you deposit a token into an uh, into a token reactor, um, right? And um, and and there are liquidity. Uh, so, liquidity providers deposit the tokens into uh, token reactors, and they stake and 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 essentially they um, they they stake it there, right? Um, and reactors are um and and uh, so the liquidity providers deposited the token reactor and then there are a second form of um actors in this ecosystem which are called liquidity directors what liquidity directors do is that they uh, decide where those assets are deployed and they also stake token to uh, to a reactor so uh, here what you can see is that in a token reactor you have uh, a native asset let's say eth um, and then you have tokimac uh, you have token so the the ETH is uh, the ETH is deposited by liquidity providers. The token is staked by liquidity directors. Now um, reactors are intended to be balanced, so you want to have a one to one ratio between the value of liquidity provider deposits and the token staked by liquidity directors, right? Um, so um, liquidity directors then determine uh, where liquidity is allocated. Uh, so they can choose to allocate their, their token to um, one. Uh, so they, you know, if if, if they've staked token, they can stake uh, they can stake it to you know uh, one reactor, two reactor, three reactors, uh, however many. So then, um, what that stake token allows them to do is vote on which exchange they would like to see the liquidity allocated for. So let's say they want um, you know ETH uh, the the liquidity for ETH uh, to be uh, to be allocated to uh, Uniswap. Uh, so they say, okay, you know, I've, I've got st a token staked in this uh, reactor, um, in the ETH reactor. I want my, my, I want to vote on the ETH being allocated to uh, Uniswap and provide liquidity to the Uniswap uh, DEX for ETH, right? Um, so uh, the voting power, obviously, um, as you might have imagined, it's proportional to the share of the total token staked to a given reactor. So let's say there's like 100 tokens staked and one liquidity reactor has one token, they will have 1% of voting power, right? Um, so liquidity then is directed to a uh, an exchange for one week intervals known as cycles. Um, so 
liquidity uh, so what happens is that um for liquidity providers it's actually pretty simple um the concept is similar to providing liquidity to a dex um but you know you don't have to go through uh, any front end interface that um interfaces with the uh, with the dex itself uh users just deposit directly into tokenmac and the tokenmac then just routes that liquidity for them so it abstracts away a lot of the um complexities of being an lp um so liquidity providers earn their yield um in the form of token rewards um and they receive a t asset so it's like uh you know a representative form of the um asset that they've staked um so it's a one to one tokenized claim on their uh, underlying deposits right uh, so similar to you know what compound ave or yearn do um so uh liquidity so so what's very interesting about tokenmac is that for liquidity providers um it, it, these deposits are single sided so because of that um they are shielded from impermanent loss because they only deposit one side of they, on, they only deposit one asset right because usually um let's say that they wanted to uh in in defi 1.0 they wanted to deposit um eth they would have to pair it up with another asset and then be exposed to impermanent loss um but now uh because they the they only deposit one asset uh they are not exposed to impermanent loss instead the risk of impermanent loss is shifted um rather than eliminated it's shifted to uh liquidity directors right uh, so liquidity directors are also um uh you know compensated in the form of token rewards but you know they because they have uh, staked token against that's a specific asset um they are exposed to impermanent loss um but at least for liquidity providers this is a better system right um what liquidity directors also do is that they maintain equilibrium um across all reactors um so uh because balanced reactors pr produce the uh, most amount of emissions for um liquidity uh, directors and liquidity providers um so um you know and if you have unbalanced reactors so if you have don't have 50% token 50% eth um or 50% any other asset uh, you you can be exposed to impermanent loss the reactor can fail etc etc um so uh you know and and so these are these are the two main components of the um uh, these are the two main components of the uh, tokenmac uh, ecosystem the third one is uh, prices so uh, for any protocol um that doesn't utilize or for any dex that doesn't utilize an automated market maker um like 0x for example um tokenmac has prices so prices um are essentially like the market makers that exist in the real world right so they um, allow for real time pricing information for any protocol that doesn't utilize an amm um so prices will set buy and sell order prices um they use a separate pool of tokenmac assets to maintain the assets market right so that's a separate component but that kind of shows you how uh, tokenmac is is um, essentially um working alongside uh you know dexes that have amms dexes that don't have amm etc um so uh, just to illustrate very quickly how this works in practice um so if you want to provide 20 million dollars worth of liquidity in um let's say um the uh eth um ave pool on uniswap um the tokenmac protocol uh, it would take 10 million dollars worth of ave tokens from the ave reactor and match it with 10 million dollars worth of eth from the eth reactor um and then just deposit the liquidity on uniswap so um that that's how it actually routes liquidity right um and that um it, that allows to holders um to essentially decide which tokens on which exchanges have a lot of liquidity 
right? And that's where the the meta governance angle comes in, and and we'll expand upon that. Um, we'll expand upon that in a, in a second as well. Um, so uh, how did how did Tokamak actually um, come about, right? So um, in uh, so what what its uh, its first event was Cycle Zero, so it was called DGenesis. Um, so it lasted one week. Participants were able to commit ETH or USDC in exchange for TOK. Um, it allowed them to build out um, their protocol uh, controlled assets. So like, you know, how Olympus now introduced the idea of um, uh, protocol controlled assets or liquidity. Um, TOK also wants to, uh, in its long-term roadmap, um, use this entire mechanism to completely build out its protocol controlled assets by a certain amount, uh, by a certain point in time, um, and which I think is around two years down the line based on their token distribution um, scheme. And um, and essentially use the protocol controlled assets that they have in their treasury to unilaterally allow token holders to direct liquidity from protocol controlled assets into um, different exchanges. So that's the that's the end game, right? Um, but currently, obviously, they're still bootstrapping. They're still getting assets into their treasury, um, which is why they're giving out all of these emissions rewards, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so um, what? Uh, so what um, Tokimac is doing is that, um, you know, reactors, um, so there was voting that con uh, concluded in November. Um, so reactors was uh, secured um, in November by um, a crypto trading and management platform called Shapeshift. Um, there was a market making protocol on Uniswap called Visor. Um, Synthetics, um, which is a synthetic asset issuance platform. Um, Illuvium, which is a play to earn game and a yield tokenization protocol called AP Wine. So all of these guys secured reactors for their, uh, for their, for their tokens. Um, so um, essentially, um, in, the, in the future, according to the founder, um, Carson Cook, um, you know, in the future, Tokenmax DAO could vote to pay out the yield generated from the protocol controlled assets treasury pool to token holders or use the yield to burn and redeem token to put deflationary pressure on the token. So that's how, you know, the deflationary aspect comes um, across the value accrual of the token, right? Um, and um, in either outcome, you know, as you can, um, as you might have surmised, uh, token holders um, would have a pro rata claim on the treasury. So they would actually control the protocol um, owned assets, right? Um, so this gives you, so this gives them um, access to a, a pool of revenue generating assets. Um, so what, uh, what Tokamak essentially sees itself as is a, is the decentralized liquidity provider across DeFi. Um, so it, it sees liquidity as, as bandwidth. So, and, and this is what it's, it said a lot in its documents, but what it actually, what this means is that liquidity is the, it, it sees liquidity as the most critical infrastructure of, you know, the token ecosystem, um, which I can, uh, agree with because without deep liquidity, no token is going to, uh, going to succeed. Right. And, um, and, and, and if you can, and a lot of, um, DeFi projects that we've seen are variations on ways of trying to bootstrap enough liquidity to their own ecosystems. Um, so, um, if, uh, you know, if you want to talk about the use cases and benefits that, um, you know, Tokimac brings about, um, so firstly for DAOs, um, DAOs can use Tokimac to provide single-sided liquidity for tokens that are locked investing. Um, so it can provide assets in its treasury as, um, as, as an LP into Tokimac. So it can hold the key assets in its treasury and essentially gain rewards in token, which can allow it to also then direct the flow of its own, um, you know, uh, liquidity to other exchanges, which makes, uh, its own asset have deep liquidity across a wide range of venues. Right. Um, so um, uh, 
you, you know, uh, a lot of, so this allows them to bootstrap a lot of liquidity for their ecosystem. Um, for stablecoin issuers of stable token issuers, especially algorithmic stablecoins, um, they could use uh, Tokimac um, as a, you know, distribution pairing mechanism with their tokens. So you could have um, robust, uh, you know, liquidity pairings with their tokens, uh, right? So if you if you essentially um, use Tokimac uh, to direct liquidity through, you know, with, with a bunch of different assets. So let's say there's an algorithmic stablecoin provider um, and uh, they can essentially create pairings between their asset and a number of other assets, um, which makes the their asset more usable across uh, DeFi, et cetera. Um, so Tokimac can also um, be used um, as you know, for, by DEXs to direct a lot of liquidity to their platforms, which makes their platforms a lot more um, attractive for users to use. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, so instead of uh, massive, you know, huge DEX spreads um, or, you, you, or, you know, the broken model of liquidity mining, um, you know, it, it, the Tokamak token can use can be used to direct liquidity for a protocol. So you reduce spreads, you reduce the cost of liquidity. Um, th that that has material benefits on the bottom line for any protocol, right? Um, and and you know, just to just to bring that out again a little bit. Um, today, DeFi project uh, founders um, apparently spend um, anywhere between twenty five to seventy five percent of their time. Um, on issues con concerning liquidity, uh, sourcing, management, market making. And um, on top of that, uh, projects play, pay an average of around $1.25 um, in their native token for every uh, $1 of liquidity secured, which is obviously a very um, inefficient and uh, inefficient system that's not really going to last. So, um, because, and, and what Tokimak as you, uh, estimates that it can do, um, it says that, you know, with its um, liquidity as a service um, protocol, essentially, um, uh, its founder, Carson Cook, says that the figure could be reduced by three to four times, which is huge. Um, and obviously, it's it's to be seen whether this is um, I, I, this is actually viable. Um, but the mechanics of the protocol seem robust enough to, to be able to, um, you know, allow that. So, um, you know, just, just to talk a little bit about, um, you know, uh, the Tokimac team now. Um, so the founder is um, is is Carson Cook. Um, so he is. Uh, so I listened to a podcast um, by him on um, you know podcast interview with him on the fintech blueprint. You guys should um, go out and uh, listen to that one as well. Um, so he has a PhD in physics um, and a master's in electrical engineering. Ex McKinsey, um, you know, founder of Fractal, which was a cryptocurrency trading and technology firm. Um, and, um, you know, they use algorithmic strategies to provide liquidity. So, you know, he has prior experience in this um, liquidity provisioning um, sector. And um, so he began operating as a market maker on centralized exchanges in 2018 um, before shifting to DEX, uh, you know, uh, DEXs and decentralized trading platforms towards the end of the year. Um, and then obviously started thinking about, uh, you know, how um, he and his team could decentralize their market making operations um, using DEXs in, in around like 2019. Um, so one thing to note is that um, he's not um, anonymous or pseudonymous or anything like that, um, the docs. So uh, they have social cloud to lose. Um, and uh, they are, uh, and, and, you know, um, they, 
this this project seems like a very interesting one for um for someone who's so deeply involved in in numbers and um and essentially understanding um the structure of an ecosystem um like 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 he does i guess um having been involved in the market making space for a while um and you know it's interesting to see the way in which um he and his team are um you know trying to disrupt the uh, market making um ecosystem um, and another and another thing to note about the team is that um, the SushiSwap co-founder, um, OX Maki, um, he's joined Tokimak as his new chief strategy um, advisor. So that's also a pretty interesting development for um, the team because um, it seems as if, uh, you know, they're getting um, experienced hands on board um, who can actually, you know, contribute significantly to the growth of the protocol. So um, that's one thing, right? Um, I will, um, you know, I can actually stop if you got, if you guys have got any questions around, you know, how the protocol works, anything like that before continuing on, give myself a break as well. Yeah. So in basically the way I see it is that, you know, Toki Mac is going to have like curve was 2.0 essentially the way it's going, because, you know, curve, you require curve tokens to direct emissions, which created convex to, you know, hold curve exactly. tokens and govern the protocol and you know direct emissions so now in this case it'll be i'm assuming pretty much the same thing in the near future where protocols will try to hold toki to you know direct protocol control liquidity of toki to whichever protocol they want to right so yeah. i mean we could really see that growing in DeFi 2.0 which would be very interesting to see and exactly uh, yeah so the question i had is um how is Toki different from Olympus DAO and, you know, even Tribe DAO by extension? You know, how, how does it operate differently? And since they're all competitors, <clears throat> what will guarantee yeah. one of the, the protocols to win, you know, these yeah. DeFi 2.0 so, wars, I guess, in the future? So, so I, th I think that more than being competitors, I think they might be a little more complementary, actually. Um, Olympus DAO is a different case because essentially, if you break down what Olympus DAO did, it was essentially a hedge fund, right? Like what it uh, it, it was it yeah. was a decentralized hedge fund um, that saw insane increases in its uh, valuation um, compared to the actual assets that it's held in its treasury. And once people realized that the you know the assets that it, it held for a longer term couldn't get as much yield as um, you know the the the, the, the valuation promised, uh, the valuation came crashing down. But but Olympus doesn't provide liquidity to any other protocols, right? It's not a it's not yeah. essentially like a fount of liquidity. It's just just, uh, it, in my mind, it was like a decentralized hedge fund. And um, I don't really know why they went with all that uh, uh, reserve currency business. Yeah, um, yeah it, didn't, it didn't really make too much sense to me. Um, I think TribeDAO is an interesting one um, because uh, they've got their fuse pools. Um, their isolated, um, you know, their isolated lending pools um, that are, uh, you know, um, that 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 are that are slightly different to you know what Tokemak is doing, um, and also obviously the merger with Fay Protocol means that they have a they, their own stablecoin as well that they can use to bootstrap all of these different lending pools, right? Um, the thing is that it's it's a slightly different model as well because you're essentially creating a lending market on um, you know using the rarity pools um on uh on tribe dao while tokimac in my opinion what it does is that it's just uh it's just a director of liquidity right um it's it's a meta governance protocol that allows um different DAOs and different protocols to actually you know source liquidity 
um, for their tokens, um, ha have their tokens be liquid as well through the T assets, um, and also um, you know essentially uh, uh, allow for the allow for deeper liquidity to be attained for for their tokens, and that's basically it, right? Um, and um, and 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 the other the other two protocols that you mentioned, they're not really market makers. Um, I think uh, I, I think Tokenmax seems like a market maker. It, it, it seems like what a definition of a decentralized market maker would be to me. Um, so I think that those three are kind of different. I think Olympus actually it's worth keeping an eye on what they do because even after all of the price um, route, uh, they've still continued pushing updates and you know releasing new stuff. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But I think it's a it's a different ball game to what Tokenmax is doing. I mean, the way I see it, it's on a spectrum, right? There's like mm -hmm. Tribe DAO on one side, which where you can create individual lending pools, and then there's Olympus DAO, where they literally own all of the assets, and you have yeah. a baseline price for all of these assets, and it can go higher than that, but anything lower than that, and you can you know do arbitrage and get the price back up. And then yeah. Tokimac is like in the middle of these two, um, where you're not exactly owning the liquidity yet completely because they're still trying to bootstrap it, but they're not yeah. just a lending pool either, right? So it's bang exactly. in the middle of these two in a way. Exactly. And I think like one of the good things about Tokamak is that, you know, there are so many tokens that DAOs just have in their treasuries, um, their native tokens. Like for example, if you look at um, Uniswap, right? Uniswap has got a ton of uni tokens in its treasury. Um, and if any of that came flooding onto the market, it would completely disrupt uh, uni's, uni's uh, liquidity. But what it can do through Tokimac is that if it takes those tokens from its treasuries, gets the assets, and then starts to like slowly route those um, you know, route its liquidity to different exchanges if it needs to, um, you know. It, it's, a, it's an interesting proposition because you can actually be more capital efficient by using what's just left static in your treasury of your own tokens. Right. Um, I have a, I have a, not a question, but I want to summarize what they do just because I'm not too clear on uh, if my understanding is correct or not. Um, and, yeah. I, and I want to, like, you know, um, not use the jargon. Like, I don't want to, I want to explain it using words that are already commonly uh, used in the... Okay in crypto as opposed to Tokimax specifically or DeFi too, right? So mm -hmm. um, let's, so let, let me do that. And then, you know, um, stop me or if I'm going wrong somewhere or, you know, anything yeah. you think is important. So you have the reactors, which you mentioned, which are essentially pools of liquidity, right? Um, now this reactor or this liquidity pool, um, the first, and, and then right now I'm just talking about AMMs. I'm not talking about, um, you know, the, the prices and their mm -hmm. function. So the liquidity pool gets uh, one half of its liquidity from um, assets that are not token, and these yeah. liquidity providers um, they of course have the benefit of you know providing liquidity without impermanent loss, but also they are incentivized by the token emission as well as the eventual um, eventual incentives that they would get by providing liquidity in any in any decentralized exchange. So it's a, it's two incentives, one token uh, emission, plus the fees that would be eventually mm -hmm. generated on the DEX, the liquidity lands up on. Is that, yeah. is that correct up to now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. And now the second side of the DEX, uh, sorry, the liquidity pool in this is coming from token stakers, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. And token stakers as well are uh, of course incentivized to do so because one they own the right to direct liquidity 
um, mm-hmm. whichever next or wherever uh, you know um, uh, they want to essentially, but also yeah. they are incentivized by further tok emissions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so they are incentivized by tok emissions. Yeah, okay. and so, yeah. Okay, and 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 um, there is only one type of re- reactor. Like, there's only one liquidity pool um, type in the sense. Um, this concept of liquidity pool or this concept of reactor in this case, um, there mm-hmm. are multiple types of them. There's just one standard liquidity pool which we call reactors. Um, and in this react, and each protocol will have its own reactor. Um, or I should say, each asset, each, each asset, asset would have its. Like each yeah. asset would have its own reactor. Um, and then in this, uh, you know, this um, system that's been developed where both these players essentially provide mm-hmm. liquidity to own uh, two emissions as well as um, for the non-toke stakers, the fees that will eventually be, uh, you know, um, generated. They learn mm-hmm. that as well. And yeah. then the liquidity and the toke stakers then essentially direct this liquidity to whichever protocol the the consensus is. Um, yeah. Is that essentially, did I get that right? That's the way it works. Exactly, right? And um, that, that's exactly what uh, how it works. I think you've got it correctly. And um, another thing that, like you know, it's it'll be it's interesting point out is it's what Yash brought up, you know, the in, in his question of, in, and like just about the curve walls, right? Um, and you mentioned convex. Now, what what have we not seen yet um, is 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 the creation of something like convex or tokenmark. Um, so that incentivizes. So essentially, if you own convex, you own a lot of curve. If you own X, you might own a lot of token, right? So there's still a gap, I think, for something like that to come out in the meta governance um, aspect. Um, and, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the talk wars and that, but, but, you know, to that, there's been a bit of a, um, there, there's been a, um, a website that's been created by, uh, by, by, uh, you know, Tokamak or I think there was a, there's a website, you know, um, sister website called the, um, it, it's the Toki Wars dashboard. Um, so if you actually said, if you want to go on, um, slide four of this, uh, presentation, um, there's a dashboard that kind of shows you, um, you know, who the toke holders are. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think this was, uh, a, a few days ago, I think, um, that, that I got the screenshot, but, um, you know, so DAOs own 17, 17 and a half million dollars worth of toke. Um, this is the circulating supply. There's 11 DAOs that are accumulating right now. Um, considering we're like literally in the first innings of, of talk, um, you know, it, it's, it's pretty impressive, you know, seeing how the amount of talk held by DAOs has increased. Um, obviously you can see here, some of the DAOs are, um, you know, the ones that, uh, obtain the reactors like synthetics and, uh, AP wine, um, and shape shift. Um, but you know, you can also see how the curve was are playing into this redacted cartel. Um, it holds, um, it, it holds quite a lot of, um, you know, toke and another one that's very interesting and the newest and most brash, I guess, entrant into the curve was, um, which is Terra. Um, Terra saying that it's going to be using the um, hidden hand market, um, which is like a bribe market, right? Um, to secure its own reactor within Tokimax. So this tells you how even the largest L1s um, and, uh, are, are essentially looking at Tokimax as a way of, of bootstrapping and, and maintaining stable liquidity. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty interesting development in my eyes. Cool. Um, so I think, yeah, um, I'll just, I'll just, uh, continue on. If you actually go to the first slide of this, um, of the PowerPoint, um, yeah. 
sorry, the next one. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that what we can talk about are some of the key statistics around um, around Tokamak. Um, so um, active developers, very difficult to get a get, get a hold of that. Um, but, um, you know, there's a lot of um, information available about, um, you know, uh, 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 quite a few of the other statistics. So actually, um, the, the important one um, would be the third row, um, which is revenue earned. Now, for the last 30 days, um, Tokimac is actually 11th in crypto protocol revenues for the last 30 days, which is a pretty uh, great performance in my eyes, right? Um, if, and, and we can see this as well. Like if you go on to, uh, sorry to keep on moving, but if you go on a slide eight, you can actually see that figure, um, right? So you can see like obviously Ethereum and uh, Ethereum is the highest, looks rare, OpenSea, et cetera. But it's, but Tokimac having been seeded for, for $4 million is already earning $4.4 million worth of protocol revenue in a, uh, in a month, which is a very impressive figure in my eyes. And, um, you know, obviously it's in the, it's in the earliest, uh, part of his journey. So, um, this could, this could very well increase, uh, significantly. Um, if you go back onto the statistics one again, sorry. Um, there's some others that we can talk about. Um, so, you know, there's, um, the amount staked. So, um, uh, yeah, so like the, the amount staked has been, you know, it was $437 million staked at peak on Jan 15th. There's a big decrease right now. Um, but um, I, I think it might be because of the crypto down, uh, the, the market downturn, but not exactly sure what's caused that. So that's one to keep an eye on um, and a pro possible risk vector. Um, Twitter followers, um, again, like this is pretty stable. Um, I guess an increase of 10% over the last 90 days, nothing, you know, huge compared to crypto um, protocols, etc. You know, it's uh, if you compare its sharp volatility, a sharp ratio. Um, you know, it, it's comparing its performance to a risk-free asset. So it's a crypto protocol. Early days might not be as useful a metric to, uh, to use. Um, but uh, you know, compared to other DeFi assets as well, it's not done very well. Um, it's it's got a sharp ratio of minus one point nine nine over the last ninety days. Um, it's also been um, you know. Uh, less volatile than other DeFi assets over the last 90 days, which is also, you know, um, an interesting fact, you, although, you know, you don't need to, I, I don't think this is one to keep a huge amount of stock in it. It's at this early stage. Um, uh, it's The total supply is going to be um, 100 million. Um, so it's the, the current supply is around 7.4 million. Um, fully diluted value, I think we spoke in the um, last video around the drawbacks of using this metric, but it's um, $1.8 billion. Um, but you know, that's, again, you, you, you can't assume that all tokens, um, really valued the same way, um, when they're all released onto the market. Um, and, um, the liquidity is medium. Um, it's listed on Uniswap, V2, uh, gate.io, et cetera, et cetera, but not on any of the biggest exchanges. So, um, there is some liquidity, but there's, um, there's not a huge amount. Um, and I guess like, you know, this is, I, I, I guess, I guess a good sign as the protocol increases in, um, you know, uh, in prominence, um, it'll get, uh, view, it'll get, um, you know, more liquidity on the larger exchanges, um, three contract audits, which is not bad, actually. Um, the latest was in February, 2022. Um, and this is an important part to consider because smart contract audits are, um, very important, um, especially when there's so much money locked up in these smart contracts. Um, and yeah, so I think that that's, um, that's kind of what I wanted to, um, go over around the, um, you know, just some key statistics to keep in, uh, to keep in mind. Right. Now, um, what I want to talk about is the tokenomics. Um, and that's, I think a lot of it is what, what, what we're interested in. Right. Um, so the, uh, uh, 
toke token essentially um it plays a lot of roles within the tokenmark protocol so you get governance over the tokenmark dao which you know um when it forms and we'll talk about governance a bit later although there's you know not much to touch upon there currently um you'll uh, you, you so um you get it provides incentives for uh, liquidity providers uh, and liquidity directors um it's the protocol backstop in the event of extreme impermanent loss and like the worst market conditions um and obviously tokenized liquidity or liquidity direction so that's an important one um so because it's it, it can be you know because it allows you to direct liquidity it's a bit more of a commodity um right so it's not just the governance token but it allows you to do more with that because it allows you to actually direct liquidity so it's it's one of those defi tokens that you're just like oh okay what kind of bucket is this and i'm not really sure going to have to analyze this a little more carefully right um so because you own toke a holder or entity they can um plug into the liquidity within the system um because and therefore the 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 token itself is a highly valuable resource uh, for many um, you know entities and it turns liquidity into infrastructure um so uh, while the liquidity generated for protocols it doesn't grow uh, protocol own values like olympus um it's a longer term model uh, it can offer slightly different incentives to tokenmark um so tokenmark um actually generate uh, it retains all, all the trading fees um in return for bearing the risk of impermanent loss right um so when we discussed it earlier I actually said um what i'd like to amend is that um liquidity providers get tok emissions but the tok token itself accrues the fees generated from trading on dexes um and that's obviously you know um uh, it, that's kind of uh, for the for, for liquidity providers it's kind of a hedge so you're like oh do i want to bear the loss of impermanent loss or do i want to get all the trading fees now tokenmark is saying i will bear the risk of impermanent loss but i will keep the trading fees so these are the trade offs right um and um and essentially um these trading fees um are uh, retained in the tokenmark treasury as protocol controlled value um so over time it want and and it's this is linked to the um what i said earlier around tokenmark aiming to accumulate enough trading fees um in order to direct liquidity independently without the need for lps right so this is the end game this is what the goal is at the end um so it 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 wants to be self self sufficient um and uh tok itself has uh, dao governance right rights and it will provide a pro rata claim on protocol control value so um that's an important aspect as well right so it's not just a bunch of empty air that the tokenmark token has um what uh, tokenmark rewards um will also be used to incentivize the um, assets that are deposited into tokenmark and um so dynamic rewards so you know you change the amount of rewards um per reactor so it allows so it incentivizes the reactors or the pools to be balanced um in each reactor right um so overall if you kind of count down um the the ways in which tokenmark generates overall revenue and the way that the to- the, the token itself accrues value um you know it's through trading pnl um so amm style fees um liquidity rewards um you know ideal yield so you can if you've got idle assets you can just deposit them to a you know compound ave one of those protocols to earn yield rewards and toki and toki um you know liquidity mining rewards right um so this is the way that the tokenmark um token itself accrues value now um what, what we we want to talk a little bit about um the token release um and the token distribution and and vesting schedule right um so sir if you actually go on to um slide 10 um we can first kind of try, try and you know um benchmark what the um 
what, what the optimal token distribution might be. So um, there was a really good article by Cooper Turley and um, Lawrence Stefanian um, uh, for you know what the optimal token distribution might be. So we can again, I think uh, we spoke about this in the investment um, you know template uh, video and uh, podcast, and um, you know we'll link it in this one as well. But essentially, um, the op- the suggested token distribution is seventeen and a half percent each to the team and investors, fifty percent to the treasury, five percent to the uh, as an airdrop, and ten percent as ecosystem incentives. Now, obviously, every pro- project cannot you know abide strictly by this, um, and I think I can try and explain a little bit around um, you know how Tokimac is going to be doing um, its token distribution and why it's done so. So, if you go on to the next slide, um, we can kind of look at how Tokimac has done it. So thirty um, percent of token max will be reward emissions. Um, so uh, and and five percent is the degenesis event and you know the first distribution of tokens. So you can say thirty five percent is ecosystem incentives, right? Um, and this is important for token because it's using actually those um, ecosystem incentives to build up its treasury rather than just allocating token to its treasury. Um, so it's kind of a, a similar way in which you know you say fifty percent treasury, but actually um, you're using your incentives uh, to build up your treasury. So that's a, a good thing, in my opinion. So um, because uh, it says that the reward emissions will go on for about a couple of years, I think um, it's uh, until which point Tokimac will expect to have enough uh, protocol controlled assets. Um, uh to provide liquidity without depending on lps so you know because this is a deviation for the above distribution but it seems apt for tokimac um given its longer term model um encouraging that the distribution for investors is in line with the above model so it's actually you know 17% to 17.5% it's the same thing it's actually a little better um which is very encouraging um <clears throat> the amount held in the treasury is only like 9% um but um, which is much lower than the 50% but this is caveated by the fact that the uh, reserve or treasury will build up over time um and this can be viewed in conjunction with the uh, reward emissions since these are aimed to be staked in the reactors um the distribution is uh, for the team is higher than um you know the suggested distribution uh, but 14% is reserved for the core team so this is in line with the suggested distribution um the definition of contributors is not clear which is another point to keep in mind so who are contributors right like how you how do you def- decide that what is the governance to decide that so that's kind of another thing to keep in mind in terms of risk like how do you decide that right um so it seems like um you know there may be more token reserve for the team than is necessary um so this you know um, ideally you might want to allocate a little bit more of that towards the uh, treasury or building up the treasury towards over the longer term um something like you know maybe what terra's done uh, but you know this is a point of debate it's you know how much is is how much is good enough for the uh, for for the team and, and to incentivize contributors etc to especially a protocol like this one um which will require you know tending over the longer term um as the treasury holds uh, as the treasury grows the community will have a claim on the treasury assets so they'll this will ensure a higher level of decentralization um and um so there's no public sale of the tokens which is better so that's actually a pretty good thing um so uh, another thing to note is you know when you see the 12 month cliff and 12 month linear vest um for all of these tokens uh, what this can indicate is that supply will um start unlocking um from august 2022 because august 21 was when the protocol released um so this could place downward pressure on the price and add sell pressure since investors contributors the team um they've got tokens at lower prices um they might want to lock in their profits right 
Um, so um, as prices dip, um, but retail buyers may also want to sell and cut their price uh, losses. Um, so this could create more selling pressure. So if you you know see um, a downward pressure on the sell uh, on the sale price um, as of you know um, August this year, um, that might be the reason because tokens are vesting, not because TokenMac is doing terribly as a protocol. It's just the dynamics of how the token distribution occurs, right? Um, so yeah, that's how um, the TokenMac um, you know distribution um, uh, occurs. Um, so yeah, so the and, and as I said, the emission schedule for the protocol participants is currently designed to be emitted over 24 months, um, so 104 weekly cycles. Um, so these emission, but however, these emissions could extend past this length of time. So as as of now, um, I think that uh, they think by next August, uh, August 2023, actually, um, they should have enough assets in their treasury to independently direct liquidity and become self-sufficient. Um, and I think the last thing that I want to talk about is the governance model. And then I'll, you know, um, stop for you guys to ask any questions. Um, so toke holders today maintain um, certain governance rights, but, you know, not too much. Um, once the, you know, singularity is occurred and the tokenmark DAO is formed, so once essentially they have enough assets in the treasury, um, the control of the protocol would be transferred entirely to the DAO with the, with the uh, you know, and liquidity directors will be compensated. So um, that's an interesting um, development to watch out for, but you know that kind of also indicates that it's not a DAO right now. It's not very decentralized. But again, as we know, you know, decentralized decentralization is not a um, you know silver bullet. It doesn't also happen instantaneously. It takes time, and I think these guys, um, you know, start trying to progressively decentralize is a good thing. Um, you know. Um, so the singularity doesn't require third party assets to balance the reactor. So liquidity directors will maintain two-sided control of the liquidity through their reactor and exchange level voting power. So liquidity directors will be empowered when, um, you know, uh, the tokenmark DAO is formed. Um, and right now, however, there's no governance channel in the discord. Um, they want to build out a governance structure. So they want to dialogue with the community forums, discord, etc. Um, and the goal is for the governance to be able to vote on things like standing up new reactors, new venues for, you know, directing liquidity or new L2 or cross-chain implementation. But right now that's not there. Um, I think since we're still in the early stages, that can be forgiven a little bit. But if this, you know, if they don't um, focus on governance um, towards the back end of this year, then we might start to get a little bit antsy and go like, you know, why is this, you know, um, acting in a more centralized manner? Why, why is there no governance for this um, why are there no good governance uh, practices and you know good governance um, is at the bedrock of a good protocol so if this isn't created um, well and if it's not designed well then it won't do well um, but you know um, the jury's still out in that and you know I would give them the benefit of the doubt um, so yeah that's um, essentially my analysis on tokenmac um, and um, I think that if we want we can actually go over some of the um, you know, some of the other graphs for like two seconds just to see um, some of the growth. So if you go on slides five to seven, uh, uh, seven um, you can kind of see, yeah, the toke holders over time. Um, so from August, um, you know, obviously when it's launched till now, um, there's been a good increase, but it's not, you know, anything crazy. Um, if you go on the next one, the assets staked um, reduced significantly, as you can see, as I mentioned earlier on um, in um, about March. Uh, and it's slightly growing up again, not exactly sure um, why the T assets, um, you know, stake via LPs have, have reduced so much, uh, but that's a pretty big risk factor in my eyes to keep an eye on. Um, and the next one is just the protocol controlled assets, right? 
Um, so now the protocol control assets that it actually owns is um, a bunch of different ones. Um, again, this is, I think, um, decreased in lockstep as well a little bit with, um, you know, the price of Ohm and the price of crypto assets in general decreasing a ton um, since the highs in Jan and November and stuff. Um, but you can see it holds a diversity of assets in its treasury. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it. Um, right. I just have one, um, one question really. Uh, and of course this is uh, a more understanding the protocol because to understand, to ask a question regarding you know, the long-term sustainability and whatnot, um, at least for me right now, it would be a bit premature. Um, so in terms of just understand the protocol, right? Uh, I had a question regarding how new reactors are, uh, decided right yeah. um is it just general um uh, voting based on how much toke is staked uh, or how how does that process work yeah so it's it's voting um so essentially <clears throat> there was voting that occurred in um you know uh, in, in november there was a, there were two rounds of voting as 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 i understand it um so uh, the so so you know whoever uh, you know you stake toke to a certain reactor <clears throat> And um, and essentially vote for <clears throat> you essentially vote for um, you know which reactor um, to to secure. So like toke holders essentially voted for um, Shapeshift, Visor, um, Synthetics, Illuvium, and AP Wine to um, to secure their reactors in um, the first round of voting. So I think they're going about it in a systematic manner. Um, but yeah, it's essentially through voting and through stake right. toke, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. Cool. cool. Anything else? Um, no, I think this is pretty complete as an analysis. Couldn't really do any more than this, I think. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. Um, just to sign off then, I think um, in my eyes, I think Tokimak is a very, very interesting protocol. Definitely mm -hmm. worth keeping an eye on. Um, again, this is not financial advice or anything like that. Not, not assess anything about the price, anything like that. It's just... Um, find it very interesting to, um, you know, analyze these types of protocols and understand what role they play in, um, you know, the Web3 uh, ecosystem. And I think TOK is, uh, because it's it's a bit of, um, you know, an infrastructure play within DeFi um, and an interesting uh, way in, in which liquidity is directed um, and, and uh, you know, uh, an interesting play on, you know, DeFi 1.0, DeFi 2.0, all of those trends coming together. Um, I think that it's definitely one to keep an eye on. I think that it's going to do very well. Um, I actually have a lot of conviction in the founding team um, after especially having listened to Carson um, on, on the FinTech blueprint um, and, you know, just given his background and given, you know, the way um, the protocol is being built up. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I think that this is this is one that I um, I think that this is one that I would um, you know believe in for the longer term and and you know just as uh, full disclosure I do own some toke it's not an insane amount of toke but um, obviously you know after doing this analysis um, I, I I obviously wanted to um, uh, to get some um, because I believe in um, you know its role within the the DeFi ecosystem going forwards but yeah um, one more, that's one more question from my side. Um, can you just quickly uh, go over the difference between the protocol control asset, which is on this on this on this slide, versus the T assets? So yes. So from so, what I understand, okay. at least uh, T assets is the um, representation of your stake. Um, 
but I'm not too clear how the like what the difference is the, between that and this the protocol. So asset. this is so this is the uh, assets in um uh Tokimax Treasury, which they've got through trading fees from um, Dexes and um or, uh, and and okay. you know uh, a bunch of other ways, but like the. Uh, the T assets are the ones that have been staked um, or like that have been provided as liquidity um, to Tokimak. Um, so uh, th those are two separate things, right? So th there's these, these assets are controlled um, by uh, Tokimak while the other assets are controlled by the liquidity providers and directed and liquidity is directed um, for them, right? Um, so there's a bit of a difference between those. So they, so they use, so liquidity providers stake their assets um, get the so they deposit their assets. They, they, they deposit, they deposit their, their, assets. Their, their assets. They get the T assets. Then the T assets are effectively used to generate what will then become the total, the protocol control assets. Uh, the, the T assets aren't used. So, like for example, if you deposit a liquidity, if you deposit an asset into a reactor, yeah. um, and then two holders say, okay, let's say that you've got ETH, right? So, um, you you deposit ETH into a reactor, and then um, the tokenmark holders uh, essentially say, okay, this ETH is going to be paired up with, um, you know, um, uh, let's say um, synthetics, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, you create a synthetics ETH pair and deposit it on Uniswap. Now, every time someone exchanges synthetics and ETH, um, you get trading fees from right. Uniswap that go to that go into this treasury. The, the T assets are a liquid representation of the ETH that are given to liquidity providers in order to be able to do different things with them, right? It's the it's the same reason why um, Lido gives you staked ETH um, that you can you know borrow against or something. Yeah. Um, it's it's the same kind of concept. So then I mean just having said that uh, you know this, the the huge drop off in T assets while the gravity of the drop is very significant and I don't think I mean, of course, the de general decline from early, from before the huge drop can be attributed to the macro environment. I think this final capitulation is something that you know. I mean, I, at least I would need more comfort on before. Yeah, uh, you know, definitely in, in investing in this uh, protocol. And then, secondly, uh, in terms of the protocol assets, right? Um, I'm assuming I'm assuming this is total protocol assets, not assets that are generated in a period of time, um, right? So then why would there be a drop-off? So is this drop-off essentially- It's the price, the right? I think. Yeah. yeah, it's the value. Okay. Okay. Then this- Like, then like this, for example, if you yeah. see Ohm, if you yeah. see the, if you Got see it. Ohm, right? Ohm, they, they held quite a lot of Ohm um, earlier on. I think that's the blue one. Um, or yeah, I think that, that, that might be the blue one, right? And now they hardly have any Ohm because the, the price of Ohm dropped by like 95%. So obviously the value of Ohm that they hold will decrease. Um, I, I completely agree with you though. Like they, they, I, I don't um, know exactly why there was such a big drop in uh, drop in stake T assets, but maybe there's a benign explanation. Maybe there's not, um, but it's definitely one to consider as a risk factor and, and figure out why that happened. Cool. Yeah. I think, I think, I think uh, I'm pretty, uh, you know, uh, satisfied with my understanding as of today, at least. Cool. Awesome. That's yeah. exactly what we're trying to do here. So, yeah. <laughs> great, great guys. Uh, so with that, let's uh, wrap it up. Um, we're gonna, for all the viewers, we're gonna, you know, um, when we upload this video in the show notes, we're gonna upload some um, supplementary material uh, just to provide, you know, a more in-depth uh, view analysis on this. So, which would hopefully help you also um, further, uh, you know, uh, give clarity to your understanding should you choose you'd want that. Um, so yeah, so, and then, you know, um, we'll be back soon for another protocol analysis or 
some sort of, uh, you know, another video, which hopefully will give value and um, provide more insights in this entire Web3 crypto ecosystem we're trying to, uh, I mean, we as well, including you are trying to really understand. Perfect. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, cheers. Great. All right. See you guys. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you.